Hey there, my Under That listeners. Um, pray you are having a super sound, spiritually filled Sunday. Um, today is going to be a good one for me. As, I mean, every day is a good day for me. But I have decided to become a part of the family of God. It's an exciting news for me. Been on this journey for a long time and... Um, there are peop- a few people who know me that have seen bits and pieces of the relationship I have with God that I do show. Um, my inability to speak about him for a long time was mainly because of fear. <laughs> and we all know that fear does not come from God. Because God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. 2 Timothy 1.7. So we know this. So whenever fear enters in our minds, we know exactly who it's coming from. We have to also understand that fear is also a spiritual phenomenon. And it is inflicted upon us by the devil. Yes, we know he does this. What we must understand, however, he cannot know our thoughts. That's just the ability that God has. He does not have that ability. But what the ability that he does have is to read our body languages, our facial expressions. When we cry, when we laugh, when we're angry, when we're sad, when we're, um, when we're going through anxiety, when we're depressed. He uses those languages to determine how and when to attack. See, God built a fight or flight mechanism into us for our protection, right? And the rush of the adrenaline known as a panic attack, also in the face of real danger, gives you an instant boost of strength, right? But Satan and his little minions... They also do the same thing and have taken God's gift and have corrupted it by using it against us. They do it by, you know, planting thoughts into your minds, thoughts of impeding disaster and doom and that, oh my God, I'm going to lose my job. I'm going to lose my house. I'm going to lose my husband or my wife. And we just get consumed by these things and what we must know is that they're all behind it what if questions the tie the knot that you feel in your stomach of the knot of fear remember fear is caused by the devil Paul wrote in Ephesians that our struggle is not against flesh and blood but against the, but against spiritual forces of evil in heavenly realm right Ephesians 6 verse 12 because you know sometimes the voices you hear in our thoughts it it sounds like your voice like your own voice like you're telling yourself something but often it isn't and it, it 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 could be voices of Satan's little minions right impersonating your thoughts and whispering thoughts into your mind and in this way that's how they're able to trick you in believing their lies. But I have good news. God has given us the ultimate weapon against the devil. 
his words, his, the Bible, the shield, and the sword. That's what he has given us. And we must learn to apply it in the situations that we end up in. Right? Because we were modeled to defeat the enemy. We were modeled to do so. However, we have our little cracks and nicks. And we have to learn to fill those with the Spirit of God. So he has no way in our minds. Because that's where he really works. In our minds. And when we are at our weakest point. Right? When we're at our weakest point. Whatever that point is. Whether it is in sickness. Whether it is an argument. Whatever the weak point is. That's when he like slither his way in because remember when jesus fasted for 40 days the devil tried three times to tempt him and each time jesus responded by quoting the scripture and he could do that because he had done his homework he has studied so he could show his self-approve he studied the scripture as a boy so he knew and as a result when the devil attempted him to um, turn the stones into loaves of bread. What did he say? And it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds, proceeds out of the mouth of God. And then the devil took him up to the holy city and set him on the pinnacle at the highest point And he said to him that if you are the son of God, throw yourself down. For it is written, he will command his angels, charge over thee, and they will bear him up. And lest he dash his foot against a stone. And Jesus answered and said to him again, again it is written, you shall not put the Lord thy God, you shall not tempt the Lord thy God. In this version, it says, you shall not put the Lord your God to test. Again, the devil took him up to the high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, all these things I will give you if you fall down and worship me. And Jesus says, get thee behind me, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. And then the devil left, and behold, angels came down and were ministering to him. Because when he said that I, when he showed him the whole world and the kingdoms and the glory, and said, if you, I will give you these things if you worship me. Think about it, right? What is it for man to gain the world and lose his soul? I think when you think about it, there are so many naysayers right now in this world. There are so many people say, telling you that God doesn't exist and you're being distracted and we're being sold a lie by the colonizers and we've been doing this and we've been doing that. But I'm going to be honest with you. I rather pray to a God that in the end, it's a possibility that he does not exist than not pray to a God and come the end, he is real and I'm left holding nothing. So forgive me for my faith and forgive me for my trust and my belief in the only power that there is that I believe in. And at some point, you will get to understand that the move of God, there's always a sound that precedes the move of God. 
and the sound could be trumpets the sound could be a shift in your your space a shift in your home a shift in your job a shift in anything the sound could be anything but there's always a sound that precedes the move of god but when he moves you best believe he moves and he creates situations for us that it's so uncomfortable that we have to pay attention to him. He puts us in situation that is out of our control to show how much control he does have over our lives, right? So I urge you to read the entire passage of Matthew 4, the everything. I just read from Matthew chapter 4, 1 to 11, but read the entire passage and notice that Jesus used the same method the devil, he uses the same method each time the devil said something. It is written, followed by the passage from the scripture. Because fear is caused by the devil and we need to know how to stand firm against him. Jesus encountered him and he was prepared, right? Because he was able to quote the words because he had done the scripture memory as a boy. So he was already prepped. He showed the devil how the word of God is food to our spirits, to our soul. And that we, we merely exist without God. We don't live. We live by internalizing the word of God. Right? He declares that every word in the Bible is important. And he also declares that the scripture is indeed from God. He also demonstrates the power of of speaking scriptures out loud. It's a weapon. It's your shield and it is your sword. We have to recognize the devil's lies. We have to be able to discern, discern who he is when he appears. We have to be so rapidly, so tightly wrapped up in Christ that he cannot fool us. We have to be so consumed by the Spirit of God and so consumed by His Word and filled with the Holy Spirit that the devil has no in. There is no space in my head for you. Right? The devil's lie is the, is the thought in your mind in harm. It, 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 he, he places there. It's a farce. It's not real. The thought in your mind is if it's in harmony with God's words, we have to know if it is or if it isn't. Because if it isn't, it's a lie. We must learn how to nullify the lie by speaking principles of truth from the word of God. And that doesn't happen overnight. The Bible says we must study to show thyself approved. And how can we prove who we say we are if we don't know the word of God. Find yourself in the midst of those who will encourage you to learn the word of God and to decipher what it is. Because you know what, honestly, when you're reading the Bible, you can't just read it and be carnal about it. The Bible is written in multiple ways, poetic, allegory, similarities, right? There is a whole lot of parables 
in the Bible and we cannot read it and just assume that what we just read is exactly what it's saying. It is not that lame. The word of God is a demon repellent. Hallelujah. If those are not, if you don't know that yet, because it is used to send the devil away. Satan and his minions are like, you know, those little bullies in school. They tend to pick on us when we're at our weakest point. So the bully in school only look for the weak kid to pick on. But we are never too weak to speak the word of God if we know it. Understand that the battle takes place in our minds and we win the battle with scriptures. So when we are feeling fearful, right, do what Christ did and quote the verses of the Bible that you know is a repellent. Show the devil that you know God is right there with you and that you're calling on him to help you in your time of test, in your time of struggle, in your time of the unreal fear, in the time of confusion, in the time of tribulation, in the time that you feel like you are lost. Let him know you're calling on the power of God in your time of not knowing, in your time when you're not feeling anything, because you want to remind him that I know that I'm loved, even though I'm not feeling anything right now, right? Even though I feel weak, he reminds me that I am strong. Because the scripture also says in Isaiah 43 verse 2, that when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. And when you walk the fire, you will not be burned and the flame will not consume you. When you're passing through water and walking through fire. For those of us who are poets or understand poetry, that's a poetic um, reference, right? It's a poetic reference to trials that we, we may experience. And sometimes we must experience, we must pass through in order to know the power of God. And you will also understand that it says if, it, it, it doesn't say if, it says when. That means it will happen. And when, the, when, that times, when that time comes, you will go through it. The trial will be hard, but it will not last forever. And that's a promise from God because he also says in Psalm 138 verse 8 that I will perfect the things that concerns you. That's a promise from him and that our job is to remain under the cover of God. This is the process that God uses to strengthen our faith in him. And we must remember that. For me, this isn't just a theory. I actually do know what I'm talking about because I am living in this mode right now. Jesus is not expecting us to be perfect. Christ is not requesting a perfect person. Instead, he calls the imperfect and make them perfect. He calls the, un- the unqualified and qualifies us. None of us can be perfect. We can only be perfected in his spirit. But when you walk with God, when your life is marked by a steady obedience with him or to his call, to his voice, your life begins to show the fruit of your relationship with him. You know, people say, oh, what are you doing different? Your face is so gorgeous. You know, 
everything just around you just grows. You're no longer dwelling in Lodenbar. You're no longer in the valley of dry bones. You are in a fruitful place. And you are now bearing witness to this fruitfulness. Right? Your relationship with him is of utmost importance. Galatians 5, 22 to 23. But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, and faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, such things. There is no law. The new you will hardly be recognized. And the new you will not recognize the old you. So... All of what is written, I invite you to remain steadfast in your faith, remain steadfast in your belief in God and what he represents in your life. For Heavenly Father, we praise you for showing us the truth about who the devil is. Now that we know that he's there and he is an instigator of fear, I pray that we continue to believe in you so we know exactly what to do, to trust in your word and use it as our shield and our sword to slice and dice the lies and the farces that will be presented to us. I want you to remember the next time fear even enters our mind, the next time the devil thinks of tormenting you, don't listen to those lies and quickly turn your heads and rely on the promises of God for help and comfort because this is what he does best. Think about it. For the Lord did not give us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Thank you. You're wonderful and you're beautiful and nothing about your life is a mistake. Thank you.